You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Jack, we got a good oh one today. Gosh. Oh, this is a, man. I am excited for this. This is this excited. is the one. This, the, the ultimate theater specimen. I'm just going to say mm. it. I'm just going to say, say it. it. You know what it is. It. I mean, it's like the... <laughs> <laughs> I had this vision of um, because guys, we got Max Clayton today, oh. and and how do I how do I describe it? But like when you just you can't describe Max Clayton, you really can't. Difficult. It just sculpted from perfect clay. This guy, truly, truly, a and ton of it, a ton of it, a ton of clay, especially for the thighs. Hey, okay. ton of clay for the thighs. Max Clayton, okay? get into Love it. it. Um, Max Clayton is here. He's amazing. He is in Moulin Rouge currently, mm-hmm. um, has done, this is his seventh Broadway show, oh which is fantastic. Lord. You've probably seen him in, seen him in um, Gigi. On the Town. Uh, on the Town Revival, Bandstand, and Something Rotten. Mm-hmm. I should have known that one. Classic. And, and here on Moulin Rouge, which is unbelievable. Um, he's a powerhouse and absolutely everything mm-hmm. something someone we look up to in his performance abilities and just a kind human right always totally. a gem to find those the guy i mean the guy has the the humor of i mean a, a genius comedian and the the strength of a hercules and the 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 sheer just grace mm. of grace kelly so i mean he's got grace it all kelly yes we love it um i love one of the things we talk about here is if the people don't know, we will make sure you do about his, how do we want to phrase it? His renditions of the Britney dances or, mm. Ooh, I mean, those <laughs> videos have just made my 2020 I mean, truly they, out they on us, top. They got I us through. Just, they got us through. They got us through. Um, no, we talk about a little bit about that. We talk about some Moulin Rouge um, and he just has amazing stories, amazing advice to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's here. What do you think? You want to start again from the top? Yeah. Max Clayton. Hit it. From the top. A five, six, seven, eight. Max Clayton. Max. It's happening. Clayton. And we're he's on. He's here. In in the digital flesh, you know in what I'm saying. In the digital flesh, I do, I do. <laughs> you look just as good on the screen, though. Oh, I mean, oh. with this with this sunlight hitting me in such a way, just trying to like um, say like an illustration, like if someone's totally. like hearing this audiobook. Mm-hmm. He was oh, shining. Gorgeous day, right? Mm. Yeah. Happy spring, everyone. Happy spring. Spring is sprung. <laughs> oh, Max, how are you? I'm great. I'm really great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you both for having me. You're welcome. I'm so I'm so happy for you. This is such a great idea and so important to give dancers this voice. Hell yeah. And we've we've been hearing a multitude of stories and what we like to do here at again from the top. We really like to get a start, like a little base, if you will, and just kind of like a brief I mean, it could be brief or it could be as detailed as you want, mm-hmm. but how you got like, what was your, as Jack loves to say, what was your five, six, seven, eight into dance? Wow, I love that. My five, six, seven, eight in short was my sister, Missy, for sure. She mm-hmm. 
is an amazing dancer. I grew up watching her dance. I always talk about her and this story, but it's just because it's the reason why I dance. I grew up watching her, going to her recitals, and was always in awe of her energy on stage. I saw her come to life on stage. Like I knew and loved her, loved her as the person and sister I had in real life, but then seeing her on stage transform into this unreal beast of a performer was so cool to me. And the second that I kind of got a little taste of that, I fully understood. I didn't, I didn't grow up dancing. I didn't grow up uh, taking dance classes, but I always loved any chance I got at being at, on stage, like in talent shows or the school plays, you know, things like that. I was like, uh oh, this is this is so fun. This is so fun. And then I remember she needed a, a partner once and I and I jumped in with her. And that's kind of how I learned to dance. I learned to dance through her and I learned to dance through musical theater. Aww. Yeah. Just like, just like a family duo. I can I can I can picture like the talent show. I don't know why, but like like dirty dancing comes to my mind of just like Max and Missy. <laughs> Like <laughs> lining up and be like, yeah, go ahead, do the jump. I'm, I got you. And just totally, boom. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we definitely grew up making up dances in the living room, like everyone. We have an older cousin named Lindsay Clayton, who's now a star uh, trainer, and she mm. does. She's a celebrity trainer. She works at Barry's Boot Camp. She also was a performer, and she did national tours of Greece and Hairspray, and so having her as kind of a mentor and what I can say as like my idol as a family member, like traveling the country, getting to dance and perform. And she was only 19 years old and I was like 10 <laughs> and it was just so cool to see her. And actually I remember the first tour I saw her in, which was Greece. She was performing at the Wang theater in Boston where I'm from New Hampshire. I'm from like 45 minutes outside of Boston but they had a pre-show hula hoop contest. Of course they did. Oh, thank, no. thank the Lord. Of course. We need more of those. And to dance, dance off. I, you, I won. Of course. I was with my best friend, Julia Duffy. I'll never forget it. We both <laughs> went up together. It was like, you know, applause rated, you know, it's like a <laughs> audience <laughs> votes. My like whole family was there. So obviously yeah. I won, but also I think I would have won anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I want, so. I want to put money on that. I really hope there's like some kind of trophy or some like commemorative, just like participation size, but just like Max in a hula hoop. I just want, I need that. <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> so Max, you went to CCM for school. Yes. So talk about kind of how you landed upon that school and for your training. That's a great question. And I wish I was able to have a podcast like this to listen to when I was thinking about school and auditioning for schools, because while I had an idea of what I wanted, um, it just would have been very helpful. So this is really amazing. Mm. Um, I, like I kind of said in my intro, I didn't have much training in anything in, in dancing and in singing and acting. And I needed a school that was going to be an insane boot camp for me and just drill everything possible in four years into me so that I was ready for everything when I got to New York. And that is what Cincinnati did. It, it was a chance and a place for me to discover my strengths, 
really highlight my weaknesses and um, point them out and make me stronger. And I'm someone that I grew up as an athlete. I grew up with coaches telling me harder, faster, higher. And I, I love that. So I was not ever intimidated by a program that was intense. That's what I needed. That's what I loved about it. So I'm um, so happy that I had those four years and it, it truly makes New York city feel so lovely in many ways because they, they prepared me for absolutely every possible scenario. That's incredible. And I remember first meeting you at our days at the Muni, just kind of in passing. And I mean, just as incredible then. And I don't remember exactly what time in your school you were working. Maybe like a junior year, maybe my junior year, senior year. Yeah. And I just remember all of us were like, look at him. I mean, you were definitely one of the ensemble members, if you will, that all the kids and teens like look up to and say, we want to do that. Or we want to, you know, we're striving to be them because, you know, we sit and watch these shows, not being in too much of them, right? You get all the time to watch and just experience what's happening. So um, I know we can all thank you for that. And just being just like such a positive influence on that community and just being always so fun and like down for a laugh and just a human first, which we always appreciate. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely loved kind of, I guess, following your journey through school now in New York city and just seeing how that has all just exploded. Oh, thanks Jack. That's so sweet. It's and so fantastic. I mean, I, I do love, I love to have fun. I love what I do, mm-hmm. but I think the reason why I love what I do so much is because I have so much fun doing it. And I think it's so important to remember that when you're in it, because it's a very stressful business at times. It's a very difficult, challenging business, all things that make it so rewarding and fun when it works. And, um, I mean, I've gotten to work with both of you and I know you both, it's, it's about the people. We all, we all know that it really is the people make the job easy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the goal for me. There's so many times, I mean, everyone talks about like, well, wow, it's so great to be on Broadway. It's all this. And it, it truly is. It's fantastic. I right. never, I do not want to discredit it by any means. No. But it is sometimes a grueling eight um, show week process that that we've we've gotten used to and we've gotten like just so lucky to have done all of us together. But there's certainly there's there's some matinees I'm like oh man this is gonna be a tough one. But then I have vivid memories of like walking into the something rotten gondola of like our, our quick change room <laughs> and favorite. some someone was always gonna pick somebody up if it like if it wasn't my turn it was andre's or it was yours and it was somebody always just like all right here we go and someone will get one laugh and it's contagious and i think we talk a lot on the show like uh, the the yes ending and how we just say well there's no other choice we just got to do it and i think max you've approached kind of life in this way which i want to talk real quickly about what you said you you didn't mind getting i mean kind of getting your ass kicked in ccm to really you said highlight your weaknesses, and I think that's really important for anybody listening going into this crazy business or if you're already here and you want to get better. There's something about – I think there's the stigma of like someone saying like, well, I'm not good at this. Well, I'm not – and someone highlighting saying like this is what you have to work on. I feel like everyone just kind of wants to be like, no, I do, I do this and I'm really good at this. Mm-hmm. Great. So glad you can do that. But if you highlight something and then say, all right, cool, I'm going to work on that. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. 
Because I think always because you look at Max, and first thing you see besides like hysterical dude, but like we would be remiss if we didn't mention. There's an Instagram for it, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) And is is it specifically your thighs? Is is yes, correct. Okay, Mm -hmm. at Max Clayton's thighs. Right. (laughs) I just, I mean, is where where in the training did you say, you know what? I'm gonna be the thigh guy of Broadway. Also, I wish everyone could see me like doubled over to the side of my microphone so that you can't hear my like insane laughter mouth smacks. But I love a mouth smack. I'm sure you do. I'm sure Stan does too. Now, it's funny. I found out about this this Instagram account. And of course, it made me laugh um, because the first Broadway show I did, which was Gigi, I in the opening of Act Two, I was in these very, very tiny, or like rusted, rustic orange shorts, mm-hmm. and we were at the beach, and there was like a swimsuit, and I did absolutely nothing in the scene. I was in the way back playing like beach volleyball with Justin Prescott. For those for those who didn't <laughs> see this, they were scene stealing. So let's let's be real. But but go ahead, continue. So, well, apparently they were because I was getting fan mail addressed to my thighs. And to or if it wasn't my thighs, it wouldn't say my name because everyone was like, who is that kid? But it would be the boy in the orange shorts. Oh. And, and the doorman would be like, Max, here you go. Mm-hmm. So it started then, and that was designed by Catherine Zuber. She did the costumes. So then cut to Moulin Rouge when we were getting um, our costumes built for the top of act two, which is called backstage romance. It's takes, it's like with the show within the show rehearsal scene. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there are a bunch of pictures on the wall of like what dancers wore at that time. And one of them was a teeny tiny pair of shorts. And I was like, "Uh Oh, is this Mm. this what it's going to be? So I'm in my fitting and I'm like, Catherine, you know that I got fan mail from my orange shorts because of you. And she was like, I didn't know that well. You're going to wear the shorts in this show too. (gasps) These ones are even shorter. And now that is when the um, Instagram account began. In fact, there was a show when I would walk, when I walked out on for pre-show and I'm smoking my cigarette. And in the third row, there's a couple people with t-shirts with my thighs on them. No. And it says, feast your eyes on Max Clayton's thighs. <laughs> wow. Wow. The official, official merch. I hope they're all listening too because I, saying, I, do, I do adore them. I hope they are. If they're listening, are. please send me the shirt. And we'll oh, yeah, we need it. People want the, we'll people want the merch. That we is... to make it happen. We got to. Wow. That's what a amazing. Brand. What a brand you've what created. Brand. I, spe- I specifically want one of the fan mail. I wish it was like to the thighs in the orange shorts care of Max Clayton. I feel like I feel like it should be. It should I'm be secondary. Like, of course. <laughs> the thighs. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, circling to Moulin Rouge real quick, and then we just talked about you know, people in this industry who make it so enjoyable. Um, just a quick check-in. Are you okay without Robin Herder? In this mm, oh, Are you mm. okay? I'm, I sh- we just gotta, I'm hanging in there. Okay. I actually yeah. FaceTimed her today. It's been yeah. really weird. 
to be honest. Yeah. Because she not only not only we're we not doing the show, but she lives, you know, an hour mm-hmm. upstate. Right. Mm-hmm. In this amazing place. And she's so happy and she's thriving as a mom and mm-hmm. watching Hudson, her son, grow up. And she's now she's choreographing for the, the middle school musical, Your Good Man Charlie Brown. Yes, yeah, she is an extension of my sister Missy. That is that was the first connection. We met doing Moulin Rouge. We didn't know each other before Moulin Rouge. We were doing right. a lab downtown the Lower East Side and we saw each other and I had done On the Town with her husband Clyde mm-hmm. and I had seen her in a million shows and of course she's incredible and of course she always stood out and I was like, "Oh wow." I feel like we'd be fast friends, but you never know. And the first day of rehearsal, she like whips her head around and was like, you, I feel like we need to know each other. And then forget about it. We have the rest. The rest is truly history. Yeah, it is. It's truly, it's truly history. And um, I'm grateful for her friendship because talk about just making the most of everything and always laughing through it. Like we, we partner a little bit in the show and that's a dangerous a, because we should not be partnered together. But B, if anything goes wrong, well, pretty much we always would have dinner between shows anyway. So if we were feeling full and she was upside down in my arms doing like a spinning lift, then yeah, she we would just like laugh our way through everything. And she's, oh my gosh, I owe her a lot. She's fantastic. We want her on the podcast. So Robin, if you're listening. Oh yeah, she'll, she'll be podcast. here. We're obsessed. With, I think we all need to do the... um the marshmallow challenge y'all do mm-hmm. yeah that Ch- is just, uh, just i i brought that I, I was like i'm sure surely she's played this before but a lot of people call it chubby bunny but i call it yeah. chubby chubby chipmunk and mm. it yeah shenanigans shenanigans it's the one where you have to you you load up and you have to say yeah. whatever chubby chubby chipmunk. yeah yes and then you have to keep adding and adding and adding until your face is like ballooned out <laughs> and you can't speak at all or make any words, but you're like, then the slow motion <laughs> video that you take is, yeah. is just the icing on the cake. Yeah. It is fantastic. It's funny. Like I love doing backstage shenanigans and some shows you have so much time to like constantly make videos and be silly. But for some reason, Moulin Rouge, even though we have a couple times with like a 20 minute break, even in act two, there's no time for any of that. It's it's mm-hmm. bizarre. It's bizarre. So anytime we would want to do something, she'd be like, all right, after this, run up. We'll do it quickly <laughs> and then go. Like you have to plan it. You have to put it like in your track sheet. Like, all right, now I go to Robbins. Now I have to go do my quick change. Because <laughs> when we weren't on stage, we were off stage, but we were changing like crazy. Yeah. It reminds me of something rotten. Like we were always changing boots. Yeah, there was <laughs> always boots. Too. Always changing the thigh high boots. Oh my, well, the amazing thigh high boots. And we're back to the thighs. The thighs. <laughs> oh, I love Wait, can I just say circle. can I just say one thing about something rotten? Uh-oh. No, it's 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 about whenever people ask, like, okay, what's your favorite show you've done? That's a loaded question, right? We sure. all are like, right. oh God, I, I can't answer that really. <laughs> but what I always say is that at something rotten, no matter what mood I was in going into the theater. Like we all have bad days. We all have draining days. We all have days where we've been auditioning all day and then we have to go do the show. We've all had days where we're rehearsing all day and then we're doing the show. We have life stuff, whatever. You get to the show and sometimes that affects your performance because you're a human being, right? Something rotten. I could have the worst day. I would do the show and no matter what, I would leave the show feeling lighter and happier and sillier Mm -hmm. and better. 100%. 100% agree. Totally 
there were days where I'm like, there's no way this is going to work today. <laughs> and then at the end of this show, I'm like, I'm exhausted, but I'm just happy. You couldn't believe that it didn't, it didn't matter what was going on. And it was just such a group of people. And if any of them are listening, thank you for yes, keeping, keeping you. this, keeping this building so bright. And everyone who didn't do the show, be these people, be, 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 be this be. brightness in, in a show because we could just read a headline from like a news thing. And that became some kind of inside joke with us. Yeah. Oh, we went through presidential elections. Yeah. Mm, right. Yeah. That was when we found, yeah, it was like every, everything happened during that time and it just helped. That totally helped. And me. because it was such like a community ensemble show, there was times when like the principals are downstage, you know, telling the story and we're just a little bit upstage out of <laughs> Mike earshot. And there's a whole other show going on. Hey, I'm I'm so grateful for that time because it was a bunch of like vets, yeah. true Broadway vets who are the best of the best, and they are perfect examples of everything we've explained of mm-hmm. just being a good person and having fun first, mm-hmm. and the rest will be so lovely. It's truth. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we digress, but in mm-hmm. such a great way. I I would be also uh, because in this, I mean craziness of social media and Instagram and I I still do not have a TikTok. I know I'm Mm. disappointing a lot of people. No, it's okay. That's okay, right? It's It's okay. okay. So, uh, but I I, I have to mention, um, there's been a lot of videos, Max, and I think your your comedy (laughs) is genius, Mm -hmm. but I really can't pick a favorite, truly. (laughs) But But there was a time when Britney Spears was putting out her her dancing in in her home and, mm. and whatnot and there's the infamous this, living room <laughs> the infamous <laughs> living room <laughs> tell me tell me you just saw it and you said well i have to recreate what what happened here yeah that's basically how it happened <laughs> i had seen a bunch of her videos and i was like wow this is a style of yes. dance Very this specific. is not you, you can't just go to BDC or Steps and take a class that is this style. Not gonna this, find is, it. this is Brit, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And I love her. I've been a huge fan of her my whole life. Like, don't even get me started. It's like 100% all out of the biggest love I can even offer. But she posted this one in particular that was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I actually think for the first time, I could maybe learn this. Yeah. So I did and <laughs> I'm a little OCD and like a little bit of a perfectionist. And I always say I'm a visual learner. Like that's how I learned how to dance. I learned by watching people. I learned by watching videos. I learned by, I didn't have the four dance classes a week growing up training. Right. Right. Um, and that's why I've loved working with people like Andy Blankenbuehler and people that have like such specific styles, even Sonia Taya, someone I was like, I will never work with her because I'm not the contemporary dancer or in that world at all. And now I'm getting to watch her and learn from her. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I did the same with Brittany and <laughs> she, she is, I slowed it down a little to kind of get the really nitty gritty details. And I um, mirrored it with her and I put myself side by side. Mm. It kind of took off. And then as she was, as she was uploading more and more videos that were getting more and more difficult. (laughs) I had to create, I've never talked about this by the way, but I had to create a new system on how I can learn her material. 
my god. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's kind of embarrassing to talk about, but everyone I, has their I, own process. That's right. My process, I'll kind of break it down quickly. Mm-hmm. I would screen record her video. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would put it in iMovie. Mm-hmm. I would take the song that she was, I'm do, using air quotes, dancing to, <laughs> and I would find the BPM, the beats per minute, uh-huh. mm-hmm. of whatever song that was. Because whatever she was dancing to never really worked with the song she was on, but I could I could kind of find her pulse. So that's what I meant. Gotcha. I would find her, her beat, mm-hmm. her visual beat without the music, find mm-hmm. it, go online and search for songs that have the same kind of BPM or rhythm. Mm-hmm. I used Halo by Beyonce for one of them. Of course. Put Halo over the, her video and I would learn it like that. It suddenly clicked. Oh. So if you go back and watch, I'm definitely dancing to like another artist. <laughs> oh my God. Because she has a pulse in there. She has like an internal beat she's using, but it's just mm. not to the music she's listening to. But I, I find think- another song that makes sense to me and that's how I learn it. So that, I mean, Britney's transcending rhythm at this point. <laughs> Correct. So she just she chooses, if you want to follow me, you follow me. I don't yes. follow the music. 100%. And then it clicks. I'm telling you, I'll send you a video of her dancing to another song and you'll be like, oh my God. <laughs> Need it. Yeah. Need it. But it has been, TikTok in general has just been such a fun creative outlet for me during this time, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning of the pandemic when like I really was not doing anything artistically fulfilling at all sure um it was a way for me to get out of my apartment for two seconds be silly outside or or inside and annoy matt my boyfriend but (laughs) hey it was you know we were at the time we're in a one bedroom and we were all just making it work 100 right well i know max after this pandemic we're so excited to have you back in moulin rouge and to see you back in there i have already seen the show it's outstanding. You are outstanding. The thighs <laughs> are outstanding. Everything is Thank great. Um, but with that being said, you've been able to create so many original shows. It's like three or four of them, right? I mean, on the town. Well, yeah. that's not like original, original, but yeah, original company, yeah. The Revival, um, Gigi, uh, Moulin Rouge, and bandstand so with those new works and the and just being a part of it from the ground up what has they're so diverse first of all just like the range you have to be able to fit any mold is incredible and how how do you attack that i mean i know your job is to like be that style and kind of fit their mold but with you on it but i mean to power through Moulin Rouge is something of itself, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. to do what you did in Bandstand with the amount of lifts and how physical that was and just that 180 style. I mm-hmm. mean, I know it's our job as a performer just to like make it happen, right? Yeah. But I how do you how do you approach that? Um I don't know. I I think when I graduated from college, I thought I would only be the revival guy. Mm. I would only be the song and dance man. That's really what I genuinely thought. And my first two shows were Gigi on the town. And I thought, I just was like, it's a great fit and I love doing it. And like, Mm. I grew up loving Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, of course. But I I was like, I'm someone that I'm never fully 
I how do I how do I phrase this? I always want more, or I'm always looking for something else. In the sense that I don't like to ever settle, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of a good thing to have in this particular business, just because we all know shows open and some close right away. Mm-hmm. And if you are so discouraged by that mentality of our business, it's really hard to shake it. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone that looks at a closing as an, another opportunity, like immediate opportunity. And in order to have multiple opportunities, you just have to be as versatile as possible. That's like the only thing I can really think of, of how to exp- only way I can think of explaining it. And so I made it my mission to create new shows. And a lot of times new shows you're creating take place back in the day. So it's still kind of like a period piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like bandstand even is the forties. It's, not today, but it's still a new musical and it's a new way of telling a story. But I also was like, I really want to do something that's like really, really today. And um, I, I mean, Moulin Rouge is again a period piece, but it twists it, breaks it in half, turns it upside down, and it feels like it's today. Right. Um, and it has music of today. And I just was so excited to do a, sh- a show that has pop songs that I grew up loving, that I currently love. Um, and I think. I'm not really answering your question entirely, but I just made it my mission. I made it my mission to do as many styles as I possibly could, to do the fun movie musicals that are silly, to do the deep, dark shows that have like an intense message, message, to do the fun pop shows that are jukeboxy and are great and fun to do. And then also the ones that are just really smart and um, make you think, I don't know. I just love to do them all. And I just made it my mission. And so when more revivals started coming right away, I would tell my agents like, look, I really want to do a new show. That's something I normally wouldn't be seen for. And then I don't even know why those words came out of my mouth because I didn't know what that even meant then. But my point being, I didn't want to be put in the box. I didn't want to be just the one thing. Mm -hmm. Well, because I think there's, there's a world where we get so hungry to work on, Broadway, like this, this pinnacle yeah, yeah. is a tangible thing that when we're training and going through all this stuff, we're like, ah, that's what I want to do. And then you get it and you're like, yes, I made it. This mm-hmm. is the thing. And then immediately you're like, okay, well, this person's first gig was Gigi. So I guess, okay, they are the classic right, uh, right. music theater guy. And then you kind of see other theater and you're like, wait, I mean, I want to, I want to be a chameleon. I don't want to just do one thing. So I think that business tries to kind of pigeonhole you from a point of like, okay, good. We have this type of person. We can use this for another show. I think like that's sometimes I like casting directors and right. things of that nature, see people. And then all of a sudden we, they forget, they like, actually, hang on. We, we want to do different stuff. We want to versatile ourselves and our resume. Yes. And I think what you said is perfect. When you are sitting in a theater and you're inspired by what you see, no matter the genre or style, it, ignites something in you and you're like, I want to do that. I want to be in that show. That's the coolest feeling to have. And there are also times where you see shows and you know, you'll never be in that show. And that's equally as cool. Yes. Because that just tells you, you know, your worth and you know, your, you know, you, you know Mm -hmm. what you are capable of. And I think that's so much fun. I love, I love going to see shows that I'm obsessed with and I know I'll never be in. That's like a really random thing. Because mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful thing to see somebody else's story. Like I think a lot yes. of people, a lot of people like see movies in theaters. Like ah, oh, I can see myself in this. But you see somebody else's, and you're like, oh my god, this is such a cool thing to be able to like 
change the perspective, which society could always use. Always. And another plus of just the ensemble world. I've never, mm-hmm. I've never um, f- looked down on ensembles ever, obviously. <laughs> like, of course, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but something that is so freaking awesome about being an ensemble member is that we do have more opportunities because, and we are able to jump from show to show sometimes where mm-hmm. if you aren't, or you don't have that option, you have less, there are less available positions in every show. We all know this. It's very true. I'm like, this is great. Let's run with that. I'm not ashamed of that at all. And I never have been. And if anything, even if I go on to do principal stuff, I'll always be so happy that I had the biggest and greatest foundation on Broadway as an ensemble member. Mm-hmm. Well, cause it's, it's, it is the true community that is, it's, we're like in the trenches getting through it and just making it work. Yeah. It's, it's really the, the heartbeat of a show. Yeah. And I, I wish people would, especially audience members. I mean, yes, follow the I story. Know, but if you've, if you've seen a show multiple times and you start to key into what the ensemble is like doing back there and the, the micro stories that are happening, it's so full. It, and and I know that's what life. we all do because we know the real show's happening in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but. (laughs) So Max, we have um, a question for you that was written in through our Instagram at again, underscore podcast. Um, It's from Emma. She wants to know what makes you so castable in an audition room full of talented people? Oh my God. Like, and I think just to go off of that, when you're in those final callbacks and it's you and like every Broadway person who can do anything, like what, what makes you so castable in there? And you can specify that just like to yourself too. Like, what do you channel? Um, I channel in that moment in a final callback moment, I've showed them everything I can do. I've read every side. I've done every song in the audition packet I've done all the combinations. Like we all know, especially if you're you're there to cover. At that point, you have to just think of it as a celebration of what you've done for the last week or two or three weeks or two months mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. in that audition process. Because if it's not fun in that moment and it's not a well, here here you go. This is this is what I will offer you. And if you don't assure the cast, the casting team or if you don't assure everyone behind the table that they want you to be in the, uh, in the rehearsal room with them. This is about so much more than talent at that point. At that mm-hmm. point, everyone's good. Everyone's more better than good. Everyone's freaking amazing. Now they're putting together a group of people that they want to spend every minute with for <laughs> a couple months, mm-hmm. if not years. Mm-hmm. So they are putting together a cast and assembling a group of people that will hopefully, you know, answer all their questions and provide them the most, you know, incredible talent insight, obviously. But more important than that, they're just great people that are going to be happy to be there. Eager is not the right word, but professional and on time and on their shit. Can we swear on this? <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll be on their game. They'll have the homework will be done and they won't have to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Casting directors and producers want people that just know who they are, know what they can offer, are game for everything. And mm-hmm. I think in the final callback, like 
remembering that and allowing the team to kind of see that, hey, I got you. I got you. This is what I can do. I'm not here to impress you anymore. If you want this, amazing. And I'm so excited. If not, I get it. I get it. And if in that case, I don't want to be there either then because I'm not right for this. Totally. And I think you could even twist that a little bit too to the onstage performance aspect because I know when we watch you on stage, it's just so captivating. And you, just like what you said, it is so much more than just dancing. And I know we're taking it outside of that audition room. But yeah. when you're on stage, you know, we get people who ask us a lot too about, you know, how do you make it more of a performance or how do you like you go for it? How do you do that? And it's so much more than just dance, right? It's the embodiment of the character of the time period of right. all of that. And I think you are such an example of that, of like, wow, he's not just dancing up there. Like it is, he's invested in this performance. So I think, yeah, I think on, you just yeah. have to go above and beyond. There are too many talented people in the world who mm -hmm. are just as qualified to be dancing on Broadway as me, if not more qualified. That's never been a thought in my mind. Like I'm very aware, but there are things that have been so great. That I love covering and mm -hmm. I love, I love to sing and act equally as much as dance. Mm -hmm. So it's, there are, it's fun for me. Like some people don't want to, which is great. And that's perfectly valid. Um, but I just, I'm just trying to run with that. And I love to say, yes, I, if anyone knows me, they know that I'm always doing like two things at once. I just like to, totally. I like to keep myself busy. I like to keep my mind busy. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I've totally switched careers. I'm now a, a real estate agent. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's happening? And I love it. I love it. And I'm like, how am I going to do this when, it, when Broadway comes back? Because I want to. I right. love the people. I love the hustle. It's the same kind of mentality. It's the same kind. There's so many parallels to the two businesses. It's actually insane. But that's for another podcast. Hey. Broadway <laughs> transitions. Yeah. Seriously, Truly. I could write a book on this and last it, year wow i can't wait for it we all could right we it. all could yeah <laughs> I, I mean yeah it's it's like it, it, do i want the book to be like is it a tragedy or is it yeah. a, <laughs> is it a comedy there's there's definitely versions where it's like a children's just like picture book where oh, it's just like oh, yeah. and that's what it needs to be some days yeah. happy face sad face Hungry face, full face. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> That's my weekend. No. Well, Max, we, we've reached a portion of our show mm -hmm. that we really enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's called Should Have Shot It. It comes from when Jack and I did prom. Uh, Meryl had this moment. in um, Meryl? Meryl Streep? <laughs> yes. Meryl Streep? I just, I just hear it. I'm so obsessed with... I, I could listen to stories about this for years, by the way, and I will. And I will. I'm obsessed a, with the fact that you were with those people. It's not even funny. We were doing Not About Me from prom, and we're in this gym, and she's trying to, like, sell the shot to Ryan Murphy. He's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. And she's like, just, okay, go from, go from, hit the lights. Just let's play the music. I'll just show you. And she does this whole ending. She like walks up the stairs, beat, beat, and walks to the center stage. Man, boom, curtain drops and it ends in a blackout. And the entire audience, right before they go crazy, blackout, Meryl shouts, should have shot it. <gasps> Pin drop and silence. It, it was incredible. And Jack and I are just sitting there in the blackout. And as soon as the lights came up, we were just like, oh, that is that unbelievable. Just <laughs> Should have shot it. Oh my it, god, I'm gonna start using that. 
should have shot it. So like anytime it's just like, all right, that was good. Like, or just like a huge run through of a rehearsal before something just be like, oh, should have shot it. Shot it. So in our segment of should have shot it, what is your moment that, oh, I just wish someone saw that recorded it, what have you? Yeah. Okay. I feel like there are, there are so many. I'm trying to like quickly Perfect. like, you know, go through, but, and again, I feel like using this example is, I don't want it to make it sound like only with like very famous celebrities should we have to shoot things, but mine happens to be like another icon, mm-hmm. but I was, okay. I was joining Hello Dolly Heard of it. with Bette Midler Heard of her. and uh, yeah, um, I was trying to think of a joke, but then... <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I had just finished bandstand and I was, it was like a last crazy minute story. I joined Hello Dolly. I learned the show and you know how it is when you're replacing, like sometimes you get a week, sometimes you get two, sometimes you get three days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a put in, sometimes you don't. Well, I didn't get a put in. And I, I had, there was someone else joining the show like a week before me. So I got to stand in his put in, which for those of you listening is the chance for the replacement who's joining the show to kind of get one pass of a run through of the show. You're the only person in costume. The rest of the cast is in regular clothes. You look crazy. They don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was also joining the show with someone else who was starting performances a week before me. So I was in regular clothes and I was in like half the show because I didn't even know half the, the other half of the show. Oh that was my put in for Hello Dolly. Well, in the track I replaced, they have for the big like dinner scene in act two, it's an incredibly elaborate setup where my track had to go and like set the table for Dolly for her huge like turkey leg beats moment, like the Mm -hmm. iconic part of the show. Well, I'm talking like I have food up all up my arm of trays. I have, it was like the most stressful part of my track. And really the only part I like fully interacted with Bet one-on-one in my show. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have a put in Mm-mm. and I was terrified because I didn't care about the rest of the show. I'm like, I can do the dances. I can do the numbers. I know all my, all my shit. What I don't know is how to set this damn table and it's <laughs> Bet Midler and it's, comedy gold and if i have the fork facing the other way because they they were like the fork needs to be here the knife the head of the knife needs to be facing stage left the um dumplings have to be it's like to the i can't even describe the notes i have on how to set this table Mm -hmm. i'm shivering i'm quake i'm terrified (laughs) right before the show and again, I had heard like no one really has no no one really goes to Beth's dressing room for obvious reasons. Like she has her privacy, and I had never met her. I had never seen her in my life, and I'm about to do my first performance in her her musical. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'm getting ready for the show, and I'm getting ready for the opening, and I'm nervous, and I've still never met Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> and stage management comes over the intercom and is like, "Max Clayton to stage management, please." And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm fired! I haven't even Already. done the show." Yep. I go to stage management and they're like, um, Bet wants to see you. <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> okay. Comics, you know, and then everyone's like, I don't know. I don't know. So they really just wanted her to have a chance to see me, you know, like 
see who she's dealing with. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they bring me up to her dressing room. See we knock. She's dealing with exactly. Just she has no idea. Yeah. Him up. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta size this guy. Yeah. Up. All right, let's see. So I go to her dressing room, and this is there's no like moment where I feel like I wish the camera's rolling. It's this entire story. I just wish yes. the camera was rolling when I walked into her dressing room. I'm the largest Bette Midler fan. And seeing her, getting her makeup done, she's so excited. She loved that show so much. And she, I knocked and I was like, hi, Bet. It's so nice to meet you. I'm so excited to do the show. I'm like, I got you. You know, I'm here for you. <laughs> I was, because I, I knew, I'm like, I knew what she needs. She needed, she needed to be assured that I wasn't going to mess up her show. And I knew as terrified as I was, I wasn't going to. I wouldn't mm-hmm. let that happen. I refused. I refused. I refused. And I'm um, just when she we met for the first time, and she the first thing she said actually was Clark Gable, which is <laughs> in that moment I looked like him, and, and and I was like, oh, that's the best compliment ever. Thank you. I can yeah. I can leave now. But just hearing her and her and having her say like the same thing that I said was thinking about her. She's like, we got you. You're gonna nail it. I know you've done this. I know you're a pro, and I'm so excited. And and then during the title number of hello dolly her just acknowledging me throughout as was so special and then yeah this entire show i wish was filmed for netflix so um if we can just (laughs) go back and do that thank you (laughs) no it was it was really special and then i got to kind of do i do like the infamous penguin walks around the passerelle behind dolly and in that moment i was like this is broadway like this is Broadway, right? What I'm feeling right now is Broadway. So I'm forever grateful for those gifts, like true gems. And then it all happened again with with Bernadette and Donna Murphy. Mm-hmm. It was like three times of just chills. Wow, it's fantastic! But that that's that's the community of theater too. When when even a, a, an icon as big as as Bet to just be like, hey, welcome to the tribe. Here we are. Oh my we gosh. got you. That's what it is. She is such a pro, and she. I mean, she belongs on the stage. It's where she, she, thr- she thrives there. She's mm-hmm. so incredible. I learned, I learned so much just from observing. And I think it's important for anyone listening who wants to do this, you know, as a career and profession to absorb every single moment you have with pros that have been doing this forever, because that's really where you'll learn. You'll learn exactly what you need to do and what you should be doing and exactly what you shouldn't be doing. And usually the peop- the things you learn that you shouldn't be doing are coming from people who just haven't really done it or are mm-hmm. half in it. Yes. And sometimes you just got to dub over different music to get what you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to make it happen. Um, make it work. Make it work. <laughs> Max, A it has been our absolute pre- pleasure to have you. Same. I could really do this three more times so let me know when you when you need me for i mean it sounds three. like we, we have, we have so many more episodes <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> i'm so honored to be in your first season though thank you no thank you thank you thank you Hey, it's Brendan. Hey, it's Jack. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to hop on over to our Instagram at again underscore podcast and give us a follow. A like. A comment. A DM. Because we want to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing. Sure. 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 And before you press next to play your next podcast. Hopefully it's us again. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And give us a rating if you love what you're hearing. Again from the top is produced by Dory Berenstein. And Alan Seals. Stay tuned for our next 5678.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.